Hi there, this is Peter Bergman, and welcome back to Everything You Know Is Wrong. This for Tuesday, December 13th, 2011. I guess we're less than two weeks away from Christmas. I don't know what it is about the holidays. I've never really been able to thoroughly enjoy them. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's the way we celebrate the holidays. I don't know. As a kid, I suppose I liked them. Ours was one of the Jewish families that had a Christmas tree because we were truly reformed. And I liked the Christmas tree better than the candles and, the, and that because you couldn't put as many presidents. Uh, excuse me, presidents. Boy, there's a slip. You couldn't put as many presents under a menorah. Maybe we should put more presidents under a menorah. Probably help the whole diversity thing in this country. Well, anyway... Uh, since I saw you last, Firesign Theater went up to Portland and did two shows at the Winningstadt. That is my favorite town and my favorite theater. I really like Portland. And we did two hours on radio station KBU, which is, if not the, then one of the two last great free radio stations in the United States. It's quite amazing. So we were able to produce two talking over each other Firesign shows, which will be on Oz come early uh, next year, just after the holidays. Lots of fun. I enjoy nothing more than getting together with the other three guys and word jamming, jazz jamming, just dreaming together on the radio. Well, let's see what's happened since I've been away. Rick Perry. Now, George Will, the wimp pundit, uh, has said, hey, Gingrich is unelectable. Let's look at Mitt Romney and Rick Perry. Rick Perry? This is what Rick Perry said in Iowa a couple of days ago. He said, no greater example of, here he's talking about giving um, special buy-downs and uh, special monies to special services, you know. He says, okay, he says, no subsidies. No greater example of it than this administration sending millions of dollars into the solar industry, and we lost that money, he said. I want to say it was over $500 million that went to the country, Solinda. The country, Solinda. Well, of course, most people think Solinda is a high-tech solar energy uh, company that creates you know, solar energy panels that went bankrupt this year after receiving $535 million in federal loan guarantees. No, Rick's right. You're wrong. Well, I'm turning things around this morning. It must be the weather. It's actually raining in Los Angeles for the first time in a while. Uh, brings out the best in me, but I think it does affect my brain. I think I've got brain fog. And so does Rick, except he's right on Solyndra. It is not only an energy company. It is a country, just like he says. Look it up. You'll see that it borders Uzbekistan. Stan. Three things you must know about it. First, that it borders Uzbekistan. Stan. That's number one. Number two, it has eight Supreme Court justices. And three, well, I can't remember the third. There you go. Okay, uh, Obama is on the rise. We know that Newt Gingrich is just surging ahead, and of course the the Democrats are sitting there around the fire, rubbing their hands in glee. Just can't wait, can't believe. What is it? Um, I don't remember. Was it Paul Bagaglio or or someone said? I can't believe I've I've lived a life in which at the end Newt Gingrich would be running for president for the GOP. Newt's doing real well. He's way ahead in. Uh, South Carolina and Florida, and he's ahead in Iowa, and et cetera, et cetera. But Obama is also on the rise. And here's some interesting poll figures. Uh, his standing has improved in Florida, always a key presidential battleground state. 46% of registered voters in the state approve of his job, which is up five points since October. 
It's quite a rise, my friend, particularly since we're in such deep, dark times. In hypothetical matchups, the president leads Romney by 7 points, 48-41, and Gingrich by 12 points, 51-39. But here's the dandy. That's, that's Florida. That's a big lead. And Florida's a key state. Let's go to South Carolina, the most predictably conservative state in the country, probably tied, I'd say, with Utah, but for different reasons. That's where Lindsey Graham comes from. Lindsey Graham, who recently said that the Consumer Protection Board was Stalinist. Does this man have any idea what Stalinism was like? Oh, that dictator, he's trying to protect consumers again. Okay, South Carolina, reliable Republican state in presidential contests. Obama's approval rating stand at 44%, and he holds narrow leads over Romney, 45 to 42, and Gingrich, 46 to 42. Okay, he may not win South Carolina. Hey, if he does, it's going to be a total landslide. But the fact, at this point, as most people say, a low point in his career that he should be leading both of the presumptive GOP candidates is quite amazing. But then again, I join you in the fact that figuring out the 2012 presidential race proves once again that everything you know is wrong. Thanks to Flexerol, that 60-year-old arthritic man can pump fake Kobe and float in for a slam dunk. Thanks to Semperstiff, that impotent silver-haired couple are skipping down the beach in post-coital ecstasy. Thanks to Plaque Attack, that African-American senior is off his cholesterol-free diet and back to the sizzler. And thanks to Pinot More CL, that incontinent 70-something threw away her Depends and became a champion line dancer. Thanks to all of them. And thanks to us, you bought the pharmaceuticals. You bought the pharmaceuticals is a plausibly deniable division of US+. I've always liked Paul Krugman. I like the way he talks. I think he's a truth teller. I, lo- I like the way he thinks. He doesn't use academic gobbledygook. Even why I even like the way he looks. Got the right kind of beard, the right kind of slightly rugged face with really intelligent eyes. And I think he should be a major advisor at the White House. But for some reason, he remains, if not persona non grata, at least on the sidelines. Well, in a recent um, article in the New York Times, Paul Krugman said, let's face it, we're in a depression. This is not a recession. No, it's not a depression as we remember those of us who do remember the Great Depression. Not that I was born in it. Uh, I guess, yes, I was. I was born in 1939, and the Great Depression wasn't over until Pearl Harbor, officially. In any case, it doesn't have to be Walker Evans' photographs of the Dust Bowl to be in a depression. This is a flat-screen depression. That's why it's so beautifully hidden. Unemployment is not only severe, it's structural. It's not one of those, like, up-and-down little blips. And we haven't gotten out of the great criminal crash of 2008, most of whose perpetrators should be in jail. Well, how come we haven't pulled ourselves out? Yes, two to three trillion dollars disappears off the books. I mean, it's, it's incomprehensible casino capitalism. Everybody loses at the tables and the three or four people, the one half of the one half of the one percent who own the casinos are doing just fine. But why are we unable to pull ourselves out of this, using the big D word, depression? Well, Fareed Zakaria, another pundit whom I enjoy, says that the question we should ask is, what would make the economy grow? 
what has stopped it from growing much over the last few years, indeed, over much of the last decade? Of course, the Republicans now tell us it's regulations. Just get the EPA and, and you know, the Federal Drug Administration off of our backs and we'll be turning out bad drugs and putting kids to work. Newt Gingrich wants inner-city youth to be our janitors. What a nightmare. Okay. And it's taxes. Taxes are keeping down, damping down the entrepreneurial spirit. Well, that's one theory, uh, is that it's burdened by excessive government regulation, interference with the government, and taxes. Cut them, the Republican candidates say, and the economy will be unleashed. It's a compelling picture. Unfortunately, the data simply doesn't support it. That's not going to stop Newt and the rest of those garden gnomes from spouting it, but the fact is the data doesn't support it. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development released a study last week measuring tax revenues as a percentage of GDP. Of the 30 countries studied, the United States came in 27th. Taxes are low in historical terms as well, the lowest since the early 1950s. Uh-huh. The Kaufman Foundation, which looks at the level of U.S. entrepreneurship, found that in 2010, 340 out of every 100,000 Americans started a business each month. That rate hasn't changed much in the past few years. It is only slightly higher than in 2007, before the recession. Regarding regulations, Bloomberg News has crunched the numbers and found that the Obama administration has not reviewed or issued significantly more rules than its predecessors. Okay. But it's competitiveness. The World Bank publishes a report that looks at doing business across the globe. The U.S. ranks fourth. Fine. The World Economic Forum does an annual ranking of overall economic competitiveness. The U.S. ranked fifth. In both these rankings, the countries that score higher are tiny places like Singapore and Finland with tiny populations in relation to the U.S. All these rankings have not slipped much over the last decade. So where has there been change? Where have we slipped? The answer is pretty clear. Only five years ago, American infrastructure used to be ranked in the top 10 of the World Economic Forum. Now we're 24th. U.S. air infrastructure has gone from 12th in the world to 31st. Roads from 8th to 20th. We are falling apart. We are crumbling because the 1% want to keep all the money in their deep, deep pockets. The drop in human capital is even greater than the drop in physical capital. The U.S. used to have the world's largest percentage of college graduates. We're now number 14, and American students routinely rank toward the bottom of the developed world in international tests, particularly in science and mathematics. And, you know, they're really good, you know, in, in, in reading texts on little screens, but they're not so good when it comes to the bigger picture. And the science education, it's a drastic situation. Even with the increase in college attendance over the last couple of decades, there are fewer engineering students and engineering technology students in 2009 than there were in 1989. And research and development as a percentage of our budget has gone down. It's at a level of half of what it used to be in the 1950s. In other words, the big shift in the United States over the past two decades is not a rise in regulations and taxation, but a decline in investment in physical and human capital. You watch those garden gnomes debates and you can see it. No real concern for physical and human capital. Number crunching, ideology, I want to be in your bedroom, I want to decide who you're going to marry, uh, watch out, don't take shots, they'll, they'll ruin your children, and on and on and on, this crazy crap when we're facing a serious but repairable situation. So, 
Out with them stupid bastards. Let's put some real progressives in office. Ah, Elizabeth Warren's doing real well. Keep an eye on her. Uh, she's going to win, I think, by big numbers, proving once again, dear friends, that everything you know is wrong.